Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and if you want to learn more about our church, look us up on Facebook or our website at valleyviewfriendschurch.org. There was a man who played the bagpipes, and as a bagpiper, I guess that's what you would call him, he was asked to play at many occasions. Funerals were a common request. He recounted one particular incident when he was asked by a funeral director to play at a graveside service for a homeless man. The homeless man had no family or friends, so the service was to be at a pauper cemetery in Nova Scotia in the backcountry. So the bagpiper, uh, bagpipe player agreed, uh, but was not familiar with the backwoods, so he got lost on the way, and being a typical man, he didn't stop to ask for directions. Well, he finally arrived an hour late and saw the funeral director had evidently gone and the hearse was nowhere in sight. There were only the diggers and the crew left and they were eating lunch. He felt badly and apologized to the men for being late. Well, they went to the side of the grave and looked down and the vault lid was already in place. He didn't know what else to do, so he started to play. Well, the workers put down their lunches and began to gather around. The bagpiper played out his heart and his soul for this man who had no family and friends. He played like he had never played before for this homeless man. And as he played Amazing Grace, the workers around him began to weep. And, and they, they wept and he wept and they, they all wept together. It was a, a deep emotional experience. And when he finished, he packed up his bagpipes and got into his car and he was his head was hanging low, but his heart was full for what he'd done. And he got in his car and he drove home. Now, one of the workers looked at the others and said, I've never seen anything like that before. And I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. Whew. Talk about the right thing, doing the right thing at the wrong place. We're living in stressful times. And I want to take a moment today to remind you to laugh. God, our creator, designed us to laugh. Charlie Chaplin is quoted saying, A day without laughter is a day wasted. God wants us to laugh. When you're facing hard times, remember to laugh. Laughter is a blessing from God. Laughter can bring relief to your soul and spill over into others. So today we're going to look at several scripture passages that mention laughter and joy. And laughter is, we're to be reminded, is it's a part of who we are. Most of us enjoy laughter. Perhaps different things make us laugh, but from time to time, we humans get overwhelmed, and I think this is one of those times, and we forget to laugh. So we're talking about laughter today. Laughter is, first of all, necessary. I would direct you to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, a passage where you have undoubtedly heard before, if not from, from me, uh, if not from the Bible, uh, from those quoting it, or perhaps from the music of Bob Dylan or the birds, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, read like this. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to, you guessed it, laugh a time to mourn, and a time to dance. God tells us in his word that there is a time for just about everything. And we must understand that this means for everything there is an appropriate time and an inappropriate time. And this is true for laughter. However, when we are in times of stress, we often forget the need for laughter. 
So I say that we are in one of those times where we need laughter. A little further down in the text of Ecclesiastes, we read these verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and he has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat, drink, and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. We're told to find satisfaction, mirth, joy in life. Studies have said and claimed that the average four-year-old laughs 300 times a day. The average 40-year-old, only four. Are you suspicious of that number? No matter. There are many studies that showed the different counts of how many times uh, people laugh during the day, but they're all approximately the same. And the point is this, that children, for some reason, seem to laugh way more than adults do. Somewhere along the lines of life, we forget that God has ordained that there should be times of laughter in our lives. Here's a little quote about time. We master our minutes or we become slaves to them. We use time, or time uses us. I suspect that when we forget to laugh, it's either because we have become a slave to our times, overwhelmed by what is happening, or we become obsessed by being the master of our minutes and obsessed with trying to control time. Either extreme leaves out all the all-important laughter. Laughter enlivens us. Laughter changes us. And in the loveliest of ways... When we lighten up, we feel more positive and optimistic, more hopeful and engaging. We're friendlier and more resourceful, more attractive, more radiantly alive when we laugh. There's something beautiful about laughter. God has ordained it, and we need to remember to give laughter time in our life. So the second thing I would say is laughter comes from the Creator. We already said that He set a time for laughter. We need to remember it comes from Him. We are made for laughter, or rather, laughter was made for us. We're not made to be serious all the time. Oftentimes, Christians understand the mark of being a child of God as loving others, and this is true. But we, if we are not careful, we lose sight of the calling that God has placed on us. We might seek doing good for others as relief of the guilt that we feel. We become obsessed with sharing each other's burdens, helping the poor, speaking up for the voiceless. And these are important tasks for the Christian, but we can take it too far and make it more about ourselves than about obeying God. What's the evidence that we have lost sight of our calling? When we ridicule other people for not helping those in need enough. When we get mad and we, we feel that we're not heard, as though the only thing meaningful in life is the burden that you're carrying for others. We tend to take ourselves too seriously and we get out of balance. We were made to be, we were not made to be serious all the time. These things are important to do, helping others, carrying burdens. We have to do these things. But we were made to joyfully celebrate God. King David writes these words to be used, that they were to be used when the temple was dedicated in Jerusalem. Keep in mind, David did not get to build the temple, his son did. But David wrote these words that are in the book of Psalms, looking forward to the joyful moment of worshiping God in the dedication of the temple, just what God created him to be. And they find these words in Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12. 
David writes, You have turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. We're also reminded in the Gospel of Matthew about the fact that we are made to celebrate God joyfully, I think with laughter. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 through 17, we read these words. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and they will fast. We were made by God, the Creator, to enjoy His presence, to be filled with celebration when we are with God, to laugh, to dance, to party hard, and to celebrate. God is the Creator of laughter. So let's remember to laugh, and, and whether I tell them well or not, here are a few one-line jokes to just maybe get a chuckle or two out of you. So let's listen to these one-line jokes here. The future, the present, and the past all walk into a bar, because that's how jokes go, right? Things walk into a bar. So the future, the present, and the past walk into a bar. Things get a little tense. I know they say that money talks, but all mine says is goodbye. The problem with kleptomaniacs is that they always take things literally. And the easiest time to add... <laughs> okay, now I'm laughing at these jokes, but the easiest time to add insult to injury is when you're signing someone's cast. <sighs> okay, so some of you are moaning at those and maybe they didn't go so well, but we need to laugh. Laughter comes from the great promises of God. We talked about how God has ordained proper times for laughter. He is the creator of laughter. But laughter also comes from the promises of God. Luke Chapter 6, verse 21 tells us this, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. It is hard to laugh in tough times, but God promises relief. He promises laughter. I want to have you think of the story of Abraham and Sarah uh, from the book of Genesis. Uh, there we see how hard times, a long life lived without having a child, that hard time, and then God's great promises bring laughter. First be warned that you can be full of bitter laughter or an unholy laughter that is from your sin instead of from God. Let's look at that bitter laughter for a moment. God promises Abraham that Sarah will finally have a child. Now Sarah is about 89 years old, so it's been a long time. It's a long time for that promise to not be fulfilled. And after 89 years of yearning for a child of her own, she hears that she will become pregnant and bear a son. And here's what we read in Genesis 18:12-15. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, and so she lied and said, I, I didn't laugh. I did not laugh. But God said, Yes, you did laugh. Sarah laughs, and I think, I, I think we understand why. It seems like a hollow promise. Can she really have a child even at this old age? Can she really have a child, a baby at 90 years old, when, you know, you have tons of energy, right? 
This is unholy laughter born of doubt, sorrow, and bitterness. But now look at how God takes laughter, this bitter laughter, and turns it into something beautiful. He transforms Sarah's bitter laughter into true joy when his promise, his great promise, is fulfilled to her. And we can read about it in Genesis chapter 21, 6 and 7. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who will have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. God's great promises produce laughter. Psalm 126 is truly a beautiful psalm of God, restoring Israel and giving them laughter again. It is a psalm of God's great promise fulfilled. Israel lost their nation. They became prisoners and slaves. This psalm speaks of the transformed heart of Israel from that dark place of losing a nation, dark place of being in slavery, to being delivered by the hand of God. And here's Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams of the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap the songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying the sheaves with them. Perhaps you feel like you have been stuck in a long dark. Ask God to fulfill his promises in your life. Ask God to bring you laughter. So let's take a few moments and look at the question, what does laughter do? Well, laughter heals us. Michael Pritchard says this, you don't stop laughing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop laughing. And there's a Jewish proverb that goes like this. What soap is to the body, laughter is for the soul. And Milton Berle says this. Laughter is an instant vacation. Some interesting thoughts to take in. Laughter heals. And the Bible tells us this too. In Proverbs 17, verse 21, we read these words. A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Eugene Peterson's The Message, uh, his paraphrase of the Bible, reads like this. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. I think we can relate to that today. Proverbs 15:15 15, 15 says, All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Proverbs 15.30 says, Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. And Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I like the English Standard translation here that says, A tranquil heart, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. In other words, a relaxing attitude lengthens a person's life. Laughter brings you health. Now notice that these verses here talk about a cheerful heart, a good message. They talk about laughter. They don't say like, you know, the, the, it doesn't say eating kale. You know, if you like kale, that's fine. I don't like it. But the prescription here in God's word is 
that the heart is to be at ease, at peace, lightened instead of burdened. Laughter has the power to do this. I won't tell you not to eat your vegetables. You need to go do that too. But there's a prescription in God's word for laughter to bring us health. With all the stress in our fast-paced world, with all the stress in our relationships, we need to utilize this vital resource that God has given us. We are built for laughter. Laughter is an amazing thing. It's a tension dissolver. It's an antidote for anxiety. It's just like a tranquilizer, but without any side effects. And it's free. You don't even need a prescription. Laughter is life's shock absorber. I love that quote there. Laughter brings health into our lives. Another joke. Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. A woman accompanied her husband to the doctor's office. After the checkup, the doctor took the wife aside and said, if you don't follow, do the following, your husband will surely die. And, and so the wife got very serious and said, I don't want my husband to die. And so the doctor said, these are the things you need to do. Each morning, fix him a healthy breakfast and send him off to work in a good mood. Secondly, at lunchtime, make him a warm, nutritious meal and put him in a good frame of mind before he goes back to work. Thirdly, for dinner, fix an especially nice meal and don't burden him with household chores. And fourthly, satisfy his every whim. On the way home, the husband asked his wife what the doctor had said to her when he pulled her aside and she re replied, well, honey, the news is bad. You're going to die. Yeah, maybe you don't find that joke funny, but it's that idea that uh, you get it. Laughter, <laughs> it does have healing power, but laughter also unites us. We need to remember that. Laughter unites us. We live in a world where there seems to be so much that separates us right now. Uh, the truth is, is we are divided because of sin. It, it's dividing us more than ever. Real unity comes from the saving power of Jesus. That's where real unity comes from. But I'd also remind you that in these times where we seem so divided, we are more alike than we are different. And laughter lets us cross over barriers that seem impossible. Laughter can help heal relationship. Laughter is better when we laugh with others and not just by ourselves. I love this quote from Victor Borg where he says this, Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. Oh, I love that phrase. Laughter is the shortest distance between two people. And it's so true. I was thinking earlier this week about the mission trip I went on. Oh, boy, it's getting close to 20 years ago down to Tijuana, Mexico. Uh, Betsy and I led a church youth group uh, down to an orphanage down there. And we, we helped that orphanage in building a new site uh, for their ministry away from the dense city area out into the country uh, with a better space for the children to play. And it was quite an experience. We we just loved it. And it was good and it was hard for me because the culture was different and I, I didn't speak the language. And there were moments when I just felt tremendous distance between myself and the children that we were trying to bless. Uh, one particular day after a long day's work on the new orphanage facility, uh, we, the mission team, we returned back to the old orphanage and we were going to get cleaned up and rest a little bit. And, uh, you know, the children were still living at the old orphanage and I was climbing the stairs, uh, to the third floor where our room was and passed by the boys dormitory and, and they were watching SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, but it was in Spanish. Uh, so I, I thought to myself, will this show be funny in, in Spanish? And, and will I understand it in Spanish? And so I stood there for a minute and I, I watched and uh, 
I watched a screen, and I was getting the joke through what I could see on the screen, even though there wasn't any English. And the room, they were hearing, they were seeing the screen, and they were hearing the Spanish, and they just, they burst into laughter, and I burst into laughter. It was just a silly cartoon. And for a moment, we were all drawn closer together. <sighs> laughter is the shortest distance between two people. If you're having a hard time getting along with someone, if you're at odds with someone, maybe it's time to be less serious and just take time to laugh. Laughter eases uncertainty and tension and creates a bond. Remember that laughing is contagious, but so is anger. So beware of which one you spread. I love this quote, uh, a psychology article on laughter, and they said this. Think about it. If others around you are laughing, you're absorbing their upbeat vibes. They're upbeat vibes. It's kind of like secondhand smoke, but better and good for you. So please, I encourage you, share laughter and joy. And I ask you this question. Have you brought joy or laughter to someone today? Maybe, instead of sharing laughter, you stole a person's joy or shut down their laughter. You sucked the winds right out of their sails. This is a dangerous thing to do. Laughing together lightens many loads. Mark Twain says this, Laughter is the greatest weapon that we humans possess, and it's the one that we use the least. And, and I'd maybe like to adjust that, quest, that quote from the laughter is the greatest weapon to laughter is the greatest tool that we possess, and it's the one that we use the least. Well, a few, one, a few more uh, one-line jokes, and I, I know I'm probably pretty bad at how I deliver these. We'll try again. Uh, here goes one. I ate o'clock yesterday. It was very time-consuming. A perfectionist walked into a bar. Apparently the bar wasn't set high enough. If we shouldn't eat at night... Huh. Oh, this is good, yeah. If we shouldn't eat at night, why do they put a light in the refrigerator? Before you criticize someone, walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you do criticize them, you'll be a mile away and you'll have their shoes. The world tongue twister champion just got arrested. I hear they're going to give him a really tough sentence. Yeah, it's Father's Day. Maybe we'll call these dad jokes, right? The kind of the wah, wah. But uh, hopefully they make you laugh a little bit. Third thing I would say about laughter. Laughter, you know, we said it heals. I said it uh, draws people together. It unites. But thirdly, I would say laughter evangelizes. The joy of the Christian faith should be contagious. First Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 say this, Though you have not seen him, meaning Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. A lot of this sermon, I actually borrowed, I went and read other sermons on laughter. I don't normally do this, but I thought, well, I, I want to get some other ideas. And, and so some of this sermon came from Dr. Randall Deal. So I want to give him credit. Now, he's got a great quote about how laughter evangelizes. And I just love these words. Laughter and joyfulness and singing and shouting are such a great witness to those who have not yet found a personal relationship with God. Does Jesus make you laugh? Jesus is the joy giver. See, Jesus is the jo in the joy business. 
and he invites us to be distributors distributors of this very hot commodity. He wants us to feed the 5,000 and enjoy the chatter and the wonder as the crowd rejoices in the abundance of the mysterious food. In his presence there is joy. He insists on it. He provides it. God created it. The gospel is about joy, and that's why it's called good news, remember? It's about the shattering of chains. It's about the pardoning of the condemned. It's about the feasting on the generosity of God, all to his glory and for his pleasure. I love those words, just reminding us that sharing the gospel is a joyful occasion. Sharing the gospel should result in joyful laughter. As we draw to a conclusion here, I tell you a story about Teresa of Avila, a Spanish nun. And she said this, She who laughs, lasts. She who laughs, lasts. She used to look for novices who knew how to laugh, meaning uh, people who wanted to join uh, in the convent and become nuns. And so she would look for those novices who knew how to laugh, how to eat, and to sleep. She believed if they ate heartily, they were healthy. If they slept well, they were more likely free of serious sin. And if they laughed, they had the necessary dis disposition to survive a difficult life. So remember to laugh. Smile. It improves your face value. Don't be serious all the time or serious in these serious times. Laugh. We have Jesus and the great promises of God. We have something to celebrate. Let us pray. Oh Lord, I pray that you help us to laugh more. Help us to be full of joy that comes from you. Lord, let us be let us be full of your joy, be full of laughter, and let us share this laughter with others, drawing others near to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, maybe laugh a little bit and then go with Jesus.